Support for the Daycast comes from Day Translations. Go global with access to the industry's top translators, interpreters, localization engineers, language and transcreation specialists to take you and your business global. For a free quote on translation services, visit daytranslations.com and enter the promo code DAYCAST for a 5% discount on all services. Day Translations. Create something beautiful. Support for the Daycast comes from Day Interpreting the instant, real-time, mobile app interpreting solution that connects you to live human language interpreters quickly and easily from your phone, tablet, or computer. No contracts, no waiting, no hassle. Now available for all iOS and Android devices. Day Interpreting. Connect with the world. From daytranslations.com, this is the Daycast. I'm Diego Mejia. Tonight's topic, transcreation and its power on international businesses. This evening, you'll listen to a wonderful conversation with Maria DiLorenzo, content manager of Day Translations Inc. and myself, recorded live in the Day Translations remote studios in Bogota, Colombia, and connected with the beautiful city of Buenos Aires, all the way in Argentina, February 28th, 2020. This is the second episode of the Daycast series. Thank you for joining us. We have our special invited guest, Maria DiLorenzo, who is our content manager at Day Translations, and she's here to talk to us a little bit about transcreation. So before we go into the interview with Maria about transcreation, according to Wikipedia, transcreation is a concept used in the field of translation studies to describe the process of adopting a message from one language to another while maintaining its intent, style, tone, and context. So a successfully transcreated message evokes the same emotions and carries the same implications in the target language as it does in the source language. And it's also related somehow to the concept of localization, which you might have heard in the previous episode of the Daycast with Sean Hopwood, uh, which uh, similarly involves comprehensively adapting a translated text for the target audience. So today we're going to learn a little bit about transcreation, some fun facts about transcreation, some transcreation fails, and a couple of companies that have done transcreation right, and how you can apply Day Translation's transcreation services to your business so that way you can take your business global. So Maria, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. It's nice to have you here. So can you tell us a little bit about how you would define transcreation? Yeah, of course. So I, I, I wouldn't say I disagree a little bit with, uh, with Wikipedia's definition, but I would definitely think that it doesn't, that it's a little bit limited. It doesn't cover enough. So transcreation, if we look at the etymology of the world, really is the combination between translation and creation. And the reason for this is that we really are creating a whole new message when we're talking about transcreation. So some people refer to transcreation as marketing translation or advertising translation. And the reason for this is because usually what we transcreate is um, slogans, uh, maybe logos, maybe the the entire campaign of a a company that wants to adapt to a new market and then wants to target a new market. So really, it's starting from scratch. While we are really focused on... uh, perfect uh, on perfect adaptation when it comes to translation in transcreation what we're looking for is just to recreate the effects the effects that the text has on on the new audience so for instance uh, we we might not care if the slogan is the same but we do care about enticing this new culture so it involves a lot more research a lot more um, market investigation a lot more market analysis and understanding really what makes this new culture or, or locale uh, tick, what makes them, what drives them to, type, to take action. So that's really what we're looking for when we're talking about transcreation. Interesting. So what kind of companies do transcreation? Is it the, the corporations that do transcreation, the marketing agencies? 
Are translation companies, do they all do transcreation? Can you explain so, to our listeners a little bit about what, who, who takes care of this stuff? Fantastic. So really, um, it, it can be considered sort of a new concept, really, transcreation. Some people uh, offer it alongside localization. Some people, um, some marketing companies may tell you, hey, we can do this in another language. So maybe that's transcreation for them. And recently, translation companies have been offering this service as well. So that's what we do at Day Translations. But really for us, it's a completely different um, process. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the process of transcreation to answer this. Um, so when it comes to transcreation, really, uh, it involves the same process as a marketing strategy, uh, as a marketing creative, creative strategy involves. So for instance, there's a client brief involved, uh, there's a pitch by the agency. Essentially, the translation agency acts like an advertising or marketing agency in this process. Does this mean that all translation companies are... Su sufficiently capable of doing transcreation services or only some? And oh. if so, what are the kind of characteristics one should look at when, when looking for a transcreation agency, so to speak? Okay, so what started happening, this is a great question, by the way, what started happening is that uh, translation companies, maybe sometimes what happens is when, when a client asks you for something and maybe it asks you if you do something else, you'll say yes. And what started happening is that translators had to start creating, you know, creative copywriting, creative copywriting, creative ads, but really they can't, sometimes they realize that they can't really adhere to the to the source text or they can really uh, translate it properly because it doesn't mean anything on the new t on the new uh, for a new target for a new market so this is when really transcreation uh, this is really the origin of transcreation transcreation is marketing work it's not a linguist's work linguists are involved but really this is a marketing work this is this is a process that involves understanding a culture completely not just by linguists but by marketers creating a new strategy specifically for this culture, understanding if imagery has to change, understanding if logos have to change, understanding if um, slogans have to change, understanding if the packaging of a product has to change, understanding if colors, if numbers, uh, if symbols have to change, and understanding what words it drives, uh, what, what, what words will drive this audience to take action, understanding a lot of really, really going deep into this new culture so we know how to entice them to take action. And then it involves the work of creators, which not necessarily are linguists. Sometimes, you know, creative people are just creative people. They don't speak a lot of languages. And sometimes translators uh, are not creative people. So it really does involve the work of the two forces, of the creatives and the linguists, to work together. Yeah. I, th I think this is wonderful. So transcreation is pretty much just taking the, the message that the company or the client or the business wants to take on to a mm. new locale, uh, but not worrying so much about the linguistic aspect at the very beginning, but how to transmit the message without it losing its context. Exactly. Something like, uh, well, we all know that translation is kind of just a uh, the same content converted from one language to another, and mm. where localization is transmitting the message of the source content in a way that's culturally sensitive, but uh, not in the way that transcreation is because transcreation has that creative part to it. So I think this is, I think it's a great way to explain to our listeners uh, the differences between the three, because they could be a little bit confusing, uh, yeah. but you do a great job at explaining it. So thank you so much for, thank you so much for doing so. Can you tell us a little bit about the process of transcreation? 
Well, the process, uh, as, I, as I told you, it's, it kind of involves, well, first it involves a lot of project management, much more than you would need for a project of translation or localization. Um, again, I think transcreation, since it really does combine, uh, it really does combine almost everything. You can have designers working in transcreation. You can have content writers. You can have uh, even... Even if you want to take it even a step further and do a little and, and do marketing or reporting, it can involve marketing people like uh, SEO specialists. It can involve um, it can involve people that are specialized in market analysis. It really involves a lot of a lot of components in a lot of departments. Um, so, so truly, what 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 you what you're looking at is a, a much longer uh, a much longer and a much uh, in depth project management uh, work. So, what will happen is. Uh, after the, the, the client is quoted and everything, we will uh, do a pitch. The, we'll have a pitch, uh, an agency pitch. will explain what our idea is for this campaign, what what we are changing, what we're not changing, what we're leaving the same, and the reason for what. So, for example, if we realize that, um, I don't know, so if we realize that orange does not work in this market, we're going to change the color to blue. We need to explain thoroughly why and, and, and really provide uh, some scientific evidence for why we're changing this. So this is the pitch. This is our part. Then we get the response by the client and then we start the process. And really, it does take a very specialist team of project managers to, to coordinate the work between creatives and translators. And then after this, after we do the creative work, the, the text, if you will, the translation, the transcreation, then we go into um, putting this into either the banners, either the logos, either everything that has to do with how this content will be portrayed, the channel that we're going to use. And this is where the work of UX specialists or maybe coders or maybe developers or maybe designers um, is going to be important, maybe even product uh, packaging uh, specialists, you know. Great. Yeah, for sure. And I understand that things don't always go well. Uh, a lot of companies, unfortunately, don't know the difference between transcreation and uh, literal translation. This takes us into the next segment of our show. Transcreation fails. And yes, it happens, people. We're going to describe a couple of fun facts, a couple of funny stories where big, big corporations have made some silly mistakes and have had to spend tens of millions of dollars on fixing their mistakes and uh, not just that, but fixing their reputation, too, because they've uh, managed to offend a couple of people. So I'll go first. I'll take turns with Maria. I'll, um, so the first example is HSBC Bank. We all know HSBC Bank. It's a really big bank based out of Hong Kong. And so it appears as if over 10 years ago, these guys had a, uh, they had a marketing campaign that was doing really well. And their tagline was, assume nothing. But instead of having transcreated their content to the market where they were going for. In this case, uh, they translated to do nothing. So <laughs> that's, not, that's the opposite of a call to action, right? So you want people to do something, whereas they told you to do nothing. That was pretty, that's pretty funny, pretty funny marketing fail that they, that they committed uh, over 10 years ago, and it's, uh, it's still alive in the interwebs. And they had to change it. They had to rebrand. Uh, they, they spent like $10 million on rebranding because of this? Yeah. $10 million. That's it's a lot of money. Crazy. It's crazy. Maybe, hey, maybe it was a response to Nike's just do it. They were like, nope, do nothing. Do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come to think of it, Nike might have the best logo, the best slogan because it's basically a call to action. Yeah. And, <laughs> that and is I the slogan is the call to action. I never thought of that. 
So, um, go on, Maria. Why don't you tell us about the second example of funny things that have happened in the transcreation world? Okay, so this is um, this is definitely lack of transcreation, but we're looking at a company that tried to that 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 was able to sort of come back from this mistake pretty quickly. But in the mid seventies, uh, Procter and Gamble's, a really big company, missed the mark when entering Japan with its line of pamper diapers. We all know pamper diapers. So the image uh, of a stork delivering a baby that was present in their packaging were perfectly, for the American audience, it might have worked even in Argentina because we understand the stork delivering a baby story, but it confused Japanese parents a lot because that tale is not part of Japanese folklore at all. Oh, no, so it's not. the big one. In, right, yeah, in Japan, uh, the story goes like this. Uh, baby asks mommy and daddy, where do, where do babies come from? Okay. Uh, so they come <laughs> up with the story of, well, babies come from a giant floating peach or a giant oh. peach that comes floating down a river. Uh, I think I actually like this version a lot more than the, uh, than the American version. A floating uh, peach. A giant floating peach. That's what they do. So nobody, so nobody understood the whole reference from pamper diapers. Um, did they, did they rebrand their packaging with like a giant floating peach? Do you know? I don't know if they rebranded it with a giant floating peach, but I do know that they, I think, uh, just a couple of months later, they, when they realized that they weren't selling any diapers, uh, they changed it very, very quickly. So that's the problem when you don't do transcreation, you have to really, if you're, well, if you're a big company like PNG, you probably have the money to, to spare, but really, if you are just starting out with a new market, you might as well do transcreation. You really should invest in transcreation. Um, yeah, you really sure. have to understand understand the market that you're going for. Yeah, and a great example is these guys from Sweden. You might have heard of this big uh, this big brand that makes vacuum cleaners and, and other items for the home called Electrolux. And you know they got a quick lesson in English slang when they introduced the products in the states because they they intended to highlight their products high power. Uh, Electrolux has great has great products. I know that we used to have them at home. But their, their campaign, their campaign in the U.S. Uh, was translated to "Nothing sucks like an Electrolux." I think, oh, no. I mean, guys, if they would have just gone, no. I don't even want to say the extra mile, but if they would have done just a, a little bit of research, they would have known that that's not maybe the best connotation. No. But I mean, who knows? Maybe it is. Maybe it's maybe not, so not for those products. I mean, not for those products. Not for a vacuum cleaner. That's not the kind of thing you want to say. Oh, no. And, these are the things that happen in the hilarious world of, uh, of transcreations. Uh, big up to Electrolux. Thanks, guys, for that. Uh, great products, by the way. Uh, they're, not a, they're not a paid sponsor of the show, but they're definitely a great product. And uh, we're sorry if we offend you, but your campaign is hilarious. So <laughs> with that said, uh, Maria, why don't you tell us another one of the transcreation fails? So, okay, this, is, this one comes from one of my favorite brands, uh, so in 2016, Luo Zen became the first driver known to have a car accident in autopilot in China after he crashed his brand new Tesla S under the impression that it had a self-driven function. This is what the Chinese version of Tesla's website was advertising, but in fact, the term meant assisted driving. Oh, so, so it got, I, thought that, yeah. I thought Tesla was completely autonomous already. The, uh, yeah. Not at the time, not in 2016, uh, and not, not with this model. 
So they they were expect he was expecting a completely self-driven car, but uh, no, it was assisted driving. It wasn't quite. But the advertising was uh, Mr. Mark sort of when saying assisted driving. Maybe the, the words might be very similar in Chinese. Um, but again, this is this is a big one, and this is not even a transcreation mistake. This is a this is a translation mistake to its core. But again, if we if we would if there is a transcreation process involved. You look at terms. You look at what people are already saying. What your competitors are doing. You're essentially doing marketing work in a new locale. So really, you would have you would have prevented this. Uh, and Tesla is yeah. Shout out to Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How much did the guy sue for? I have no idea. I should check that out. Let's see if yeah. I have some. Probably a lot. Probably a lot. While she checks that data out on the interwebs, there's a funny yeah. here and. Uh, Shout out to the Colonel, Colonel Sanders, KFC. These guys in the 80s, 1987, opened up their first restaurant in Beijing. And so back in the day, and I still think even now, their slogan, their marketing slogan is finger licking good. And that's right, because it is finger licking good. KFC is amazing. I love KFC. But what these guys did was they translated it instead of transcreated it, and it came out to eat your fingers off. So you don't want eat to... Your Right, KFC is telling you to eat your fingers off, which is awesome oh. uh, because your chicken is that good, but maybe not that good. And uh, yeah, it, it didn't hurt KFC too badly in the end. This uh, fast food restaurant in China today has more than five thousand restaurants, so these guys, you know, obviously knew how to come back from that marketing flub. Um, it happens from time to time, but when it happens at this scale. It's a little bit of a shame because you could just spend a little bit of money, or you could do a little bit of research, or hire the right agency, an agency like Day Translations, who does translations, localization, and transcreation services.、Uh, they would have gotten that taken care of for KFC. So shout out to the Colonel. Give us a call next time if you guys need to open up some stores anywhere else, and we'll make sure that you don't tell anybody to eat their fingers off. So that is、uh, my part for the、uh, for the transcreation fails. I think you might have one more, Maria. Um, I, I think for、uh, trans no transcription fails. I think I, I think we're we're good here. I would like to move on to to maybe some good examples later. But I want to maybe make a distinction first of all because、uh, we're talking here, and I, I realize that sometimes、um, what gets confused a lot is localization and transcreation. And I wanted to just briefly、uh, make a, a big difference here. So.、Yeah. First of all, the, the the main difference that we can see is on the purpose of of both strategies. So when you localize,、um, first of all, of course, translation. We know you adhere to the text, pretty straightforward, word by word. You want to say the same thing, okay? So we can get translation out of the confusion. But localization、uh, does involve some change, and、um, some some change. We can we can design can change, imagery can change. However, localization,、uh, the purpose is to connect. It's the purpose is to connect with people from a, from different regions. While transcreation, the purpose is to motivate, is to drive people to take action. Like I've been saying so so much, and、um, we can we can look as trans、uh, we can look tran- we can look at transcreation as a step above localization when it comes to、um, adherence to the intention of source text, but a step under it when it comes to adherence. 
to the source text in itself. So maybe localization, you still want to, you still want to keep the same message. You still want to say the same thing. But for instance, if the format has to change on a website, uh, if the colors have to change slightly to appeal to an audience, um, if, uh, I don't know, the, 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 the time or the, um, the formats of say, uh, temperature or, uh, mileage or, you know, the, Different, uh, different kinds of units can change, absolutely. When it comes to transcreation, we don't really care that much about the source text, to be honest. What we care about is the intention and the, the, the action that it will drive. So maybe you will say something uh, in English that's, a, I don't know, a nursery rhyme or, or a quote that we, that we can easily understand for English speakers. But if you translate it or you localize it, it doesn't really mean much uh, in Spanish or in French or in Italian. So really, we are not looking for uh, a, a translation. We're not, we're not looking for an adaptation of text. We're looking to evoke the same feelings. We're looking to evoke the same action. We're looking to ignite the same, uh, you know, the same driving factors. We're looking for people to, set, to, to buy, to purchase our products. So it's very, very different. So usually localization will go great for websites, for movies, for games, for uh, e-learning platforms. And transcreation will, will work fantastic for brochures, ads, slogans, taglines, uh, artistic content, you know, something that really has to do with creative uh, content in itself. Wonderful. I think you explained it beautifully. Uh, I think it's time for us to move on to the next part of our show. And we talked about transcreation fails. Now we'd like to end things on a good note. Although transcreation <laughs> fails is extremely hilarious and I really want to continue this segment on future episodes of the Daycast. Examples of good transcreation. Maria, take it away. Okay. So we know of companies that do amazing at localizing and transcreating their products and their marketing. So let's look at Dunkin' Donuts, which is a brand that I really, really like, really enjoy. Dunkin' Donuts has localized its flavors to satisfy the needs of customers around, I think, 36 countries. So some international flavors include uh, Korea's grapefruit Kool-Aid, China's dry pork and seaweed, wow. and Japan's green tea ring donut. So while this is the localization of a product, all of this is done through a transcreation process. So there is, mar there is a marketing team involved that is going to look for the needs of the culture. So transcreation is involved in the first part of this process we're looking at. Okay, so... In China, they love dried pork and seaweed. What can we do with this, guys? And we'll this is where the Yeah, <laughs> you make grown out of it, apparently. And Japan's green tea. That's well, the green fruit. Sounds pleasant. <laughs> well, in Argentina, we have um, dulce de leche. And um, I, haven't gone, I don't think Dunkin' Donuts is here yet, but uh, the donuts shop that we do have uh, here, they do sell it with dulce leche. They do sell donuts with dulce leche in it. Well, we have we have an identical product in Colombia called Arequipe, and it's exactly the same thing with a different name. And yeah, uh, Dunkin' Donuts is here, and Arequipe is actually a really popular flavor. So okay. there you go, Dunkin' Donuts doing it big. Thank you, Dunkin' Donuts, for being so culturally sensitive and uh, and and conscious of people's tastes or palate. Um, I don't know what a grapefruit culate is, but I'm going to try to find a way to get it. <laughs> I remember when I was in Epcot in, uh, in the States, in, in, in Disneyland, um, I, I couldn't, they, my parents couldn't keep me away. I was very young and my, my parents couldn't keep me away of this machine that had all the different uh, sprites from all, all over the, the sodas. I did that. 
Oh my god, oh, I would just amazing. And they were some really and, gross ones. Oh, uh, they were gross. Most of them were gross. You know what? You just you gave me a, a really nice memory of my childhood. I think that was maybe the one of the first experiences I had in. I guess you would call that kind of like flavor. Would that be like flavor localization? Or would that be? Yeah, that would be kind of like a localization yeah, of flavor, that's right? That's part of localization um, here, yeah. Yeah, so that kind of falls under localization. That's a nice story. Yeah, yeah I, I wonder if they still have that. It's been a really long time since I've been up there in Florida, yeah. but I yeah, it was a fun thing. I, it was like in the restaurant section, too, yeah. if I was a mistake. It was great. Just kids going around and getting sodas from all over the world. It was fantastic. And the kids were gross about it, too, because they would mix, they would mix the sodas. <laughs> yes. I would do that. Yeah. So, you know, trends creation, as we've discussed, has a lot to do with marketing of these products. And um, I think it's time now that we see some examples of brands that have excelled at international marketing and, and, and trends creation a bit further. Uh, Maria, I know that you have a couple of examples, some things related to Starbucks. So, yeah, I wanted to dive into the different parts of trends creation. There are, um, I would say, four main components that we're going to talk about um, when it comes to the transcreation of the, the, the different transcreation uh, aspects. So we're going to talk about logo transcreation. We're going to talk about slogan transcreation. We're going to talk about color transcreation. And we're going to talk about uh, names, even uh, names of brands. And all these things are really important, especially in, uh, in a country as, as complex, uh, as culturally complex as, as Saudi Arabia. And I mean that in the best sense. Uh, yeah. But Tell us a little bit further about what Starbucks had to do in Saudi Arabia. So one example of a logo transcreation to start from the beginning uh, is Starbucks. If you happen to go to a Starbucks in Saudi Arabia, which uh, recently women were allowed to go because they weren't before, you'll notice that uh, the emblematic logo of the mermaid does not have a mermaid at all. The image, it it doesn't. It was deemed uh, too sexual by the culture, so the logo only showcases her crown floating in the ocean, like the mermaid drowned. It's very different. It's very. It can be. (laughs) It can be a little, a little shocking to see. It's exactly that. I mean, yeah, but you know what? Um, This is what transcreation really means. You you want to appeal to a new culture, and if this is what uh, this culture is demanding, um, as a brand, uh, you're going to have to see if 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 it's worth it for you to to be there. And if it is, you're going to have to make some changes. Yeah, who would have thought? Uh, Saudi Arabia, you know, really warm place. Well, maybe during the day, guys like to drink their coffee, uh, their hot coffee on a hot day. I'm not capable of drinking hot coffee on a hot day myself, but I guess these guys really like it, and, and they... You know, they have their rules of, of, uh, of the way they like to do things. And, and maybe that mermaid was a little bit offensive for them. So good job on, on Starbucks and on being culturally sensitive. That's ultimately the kind of thing that we like to promote at, at Day Translations is always being culturally sensitive. And, of course, there's no right or wrong way. It's just the way that you were brought up. So it's really nice yeah. to see that, uh, that these guys did that. Another great example of slogan translation uh, that dates back uh, a couple of years ago is the iPod Shuffle. So you guys might remember the slogan, Small Talk. Um, while it's a short slogan, it's an idiomatic phrase, and it's uh, proven to be hard to translate. And and the answer, the answer to this was actually transcreating the slogan altogether, and not only across languages but also across language variations. And in Latin America, where I live, uh, it was "Mira quién habla" or "Look who's talking." While in Spain, it was "Ya sabe hablar" or "He's already talking," and that's a phrase used by parents when referring to their baby. So, uh, little, so fact, cool. Uh, I, yeah. It's interesting that even, this is something that's crazy, even 
so Diego and I, we both speak Spanish from where we're from, but he's from Colombia, I'm from Argentina. And it still, it still has so many differences when it comes to, to idiomatic phrases, for, for instance. So this is, this is very interesting that they, they even changed it for, uh, for Spain and Latin America. Well, well, uh, someone from Spain can easily understand mira quien habla, and someone from Latin America can easily understand ya sabe hablar. But uh, it's still they still change it so that they can appeal to that specific region, so to that specific Spanish-speaking region, and that's really really cool. That's transcreation at its finest. Yeah, yeah, and I know that in in conversations with uh, between Maria and myself, we've um, uh, there have been some times where I, I might say something, and that she'd say, oh, in Argentina that means something completely different. They can, yeah. can even be something like really funny or offensive, and uh, and and the same goes the the other way around. So it makes for it makes for some funny it makes for some funny interactions sometimes when you're yeah. talking to somebody from uh, a place that speaks your same language, but the dialect is different, or just the way culturally is just a little bit different. Uh, but everybody knows, even even we know that, like traveling to Argentina, there's certain things that you're not supposed to say. And if you say them, you're probably going to get a little bit embarrassed. And the same thing goes if you go to Mexico, if you say some things uh, that you're not supposed to say, a couple of words that you're not supposed to say, uh, people will look at you a little bit funny. So, you know. For us, Chile, just, there's some words that, that for us in Chile are very, very, very dirty. You should never say them. But it's it for them to say it, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You guys are right next door. Yeah, we're right next door. So, <clears throat> so another example that I want to uh, bring up is an example involving colors. So we wouldn't really, sometimes we, we, we may look this, uh, we may look this over, but really colors evoke different things in different regions. So transcreation in itself can also involve the change of colors. So orange, this is a brand name of, of France's telecoms, mobile and internet subsidiaries, uh, had to alter its branding from politically divided Northern Ireland. So where people in, in Northern Ireland strongly associate the color orange with uh, the Orange Order, which is uh, an alliance to the Protestant religion. So they had to change that completely for entering Northern Ireland. I can, I can never pronounce it properly. Um, so they have to completely change their, their, uh, their branding to, to get to a specific region of Ireland uh, because they knew that that color was associated with something specific. And uh, it will probably... And now that I think about it, uh, right now in Argentina, there's a uh, feminist movement uh, that is under the color green. So I imagine that some brands uh, that don't want to be associated with that will probably steer clear of green. So colors, we may not think about it, but do have a lot more strength that we, that, than we give them maybe at first thought. What do you think? Oh, I think it's really interesting. Um... So yeah, some companies might want to be associated with that kind of movement because it'll make sense for their audience. Uh, mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. products might be associated with that kind of movement, or they might want to stay away from anything political. And that makes sense to do so as well because now, since everything has become so politically charged, um, yeah. maybe 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 companies should be more conscious about what these subliminal, um, let's say these, these these symbolic things like colors or logos or slogans or things like this could affect potentially offend. Your customers, and that's obviously as marketers and as businesses, the last thing you want to do is offend your 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 people. Yeah, that, at, the end of the day, you don't wanna, at the end of the day, you don't want to be preached by the brand of coffee you're drinking. You know, you don't want to have a political speech by the brand of of hats that you're wearing. This is very important for us. Uh, 
what your brand wants to do, what your brand wants to evoke is one of the first things that we talk about when we do a, a, a client's brief. It's the first thing that we talk about. What do you want this market to look like? What are you expecting? What, what, uh, how much revenue are you, are you uh, thinking you're going to get? We really want you to uh, tell us a little bit of, of uh, we really want you to, to, to convey to us what you're expecting from this market and what you want your brand to portray as well. Because again, what you may be portraying in America may not be the same as what you're portraying in Japan or in China or in Australia. It's very, very different. Uh, so it's really very important for trans creation, um, for, for every, you know, every, every trans creation process, process has to have a very clear, 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 clear communication between the marketing and trans creation brand and the client. It's very important that communication is out there. That's why we're always constantly talking with our customers. That's why we have 24-7 support. That's why we're always available for you. Every day of the year, no matter the hour, we're going to be there. It's you know? a complicated world out there. It's yeah. the market to everybody, and not everybody is the same. People will take things that you say in a different way, yeah. in different contexts or in a different tone. So people business owners, everybody listening, if you're in the business, definitely make sure to reach out to us, State Translations for your international transcreation services, because that's what we do. We're not just a translations company. We're not just a localizations business. We're not just an agency uh, with thousands of interpreters that are available live via in-person or over the phone. We also do transcreation. Why is that? Because we have an in-house marketing team that knows how to do this, and we work with expert linguists that obviously support us. So. If you want to win global markets with our high-quality creative translation services, we're here to help you out. Day Translations. Maria, thank you so much for coming on to the show today, for taking time to come and speak with me. You have shed light on something that I think has been uh, a little bit, uh, um, let's say, people have been a little bit confused about. Some people didn't really understand about the differences between, between what, say, for instance, transcreation, localization, and translation is. And now, thanks to you, they... I'm pretty sure they have a much better understanding. Localization, transcreation, interpreting, and translation services available for you 24-7. Just give us a call, 1-800-969-6853, or visit us at daytranslations.com. We're also available via email, of course, at contact at daytranslations.com. If you guys need anything at all, please let us know, and we'd be happy to help you out with everything related. And Maria, thank you so much once again for joining us in the show. We hope to have you again sometime soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Our program was produced today by Maria DiLorenzo. Special thanks to Eduardo Quiros and Diana Alvarez for helping us make this show possible. Our website, daytranslations.com forward slash daycast, where you can listen to an archive of all of our daycast podcasts, as well as on Spotify, Apple Music, and Anchor.fm. Daycast is made possible by the friendly folks at Day Translations and the interpreting professional language solutions for you today. Thanks a lot. See you guys next week.